Um, today, uh, our podcast episode is brought to you by Seagram's Escapes, Jamaican Me Happy flavor, uh, which is lemon, strawberry, watermelon, and guava. Dan? Welcome to the Joe Rogan Experience. Bald by day, bald by night. <laughs> Drink my day, Joe Rogan podcast by night. Elk meat. Drink my man milk. That's that's all I hear when Joe Rogan podcasts. <laughs> what episodes are you listening to? I, I, I didn't mean it. I, I, I didn't mean it. So, uh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way, as Christians say. It's the holidays. Um, welcome to December. Welcome to Christmas music and unnecessarily just spending all your money on people that you fucking hate. Yeah. If there is one thing in this trying year of 2020 where we have been plagued by pandemics the loss of our jobs, the loss of our personal freedoms, the overall misuse of all resources by our government, a harrowing contested election. If there is one thing to bring you solace, it is two Jews shitting on a Christmas movie. <laughs> How do you know? I could have liked it. <laughs> um, to say the cards are stacked against us for this one is kind of an understatement, guys, but... Um, yeah. Dan, see, um, I, I want to start this off right off the bat. Okay. And you, you live in a little bit different of a paradigm than I do in that Thank you l- live in a Jewish household. I, <laughs> I, I, my better half. We are both atheists. Yeah. But continue. My, but, but my better half is, uh, is, is not a Jew. Mm-hmm. Um, she's what they on the streets would call a shiksa. Mm-hmm. Nobody's um, perfect. Go on. So there, there is a frame of reference for Christmas, and we have, we have run into this this yearly tradition of her being like, hey, um, should we get a tree? Should we get this decoration? Should we get Advent calendars? To all of it, I'm just like, do whatever. We can do whatever you want. Like whatever you want. Like. I have no attachment to it. What again is the um, advent calendar? Is that like one present for every time we lashed Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> um, you'd need a way bigger calendar. <laughs> yeah, how many calendar days does the barbed one get where, you know, they pull it back and his flesh rips off? Yeah, you start that calendar in the year 5758 on the Hebrew calendar and bring that through to today. Yeah, like Jews killed Jesus. Like Jews would be out in the heat whipping someone. That's something we would not be doing, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we would we would be hiring. That was outsourced, to do so. my dude. Yeah. <laughs> you um, saw the Jews in the Passion. They're about as old yeah. and curmudgeonry and and like um, they look like the Skeksis from um, <laughs> from the Dark Crystal, kind of. Yeah. Um, they were like they were like we were, they were like 
we, we, we were gonna we were gonna whip Jesus <laughs> today, but the air is just so dry out here. Don't make me do the voice that I have to do <laughs> to impersonate the Jews from the Passion. The it's way darker dry. than that. The air is just too dry for for whipping whipping saviors today. No, you're looking more in the category of like yes. <laughs> <laughs> But good try, Dan. Um. Yes, yes, yes. As, um. as they're as they're rubbing money all over themselves. No, so it's it's a yearly it's a yearly conversation of she's just like why like why aren't you more like enthused about you know getting like some Christmas decorations? I'm like, you don't understand that for me. Not only is Christmas something towards which I'm totally indifferent, right. but it's something that actually like is like a triggering thing to me because I can't speak for you, but I grew up in a town where I was one of, I believe, three Jews in my entire grade. Yep, same. I was relentlessly bullied for it. 100%. Um, I was relentlessly ostracized for it. Mm-hmm. I And as such, the te- it's not like today where they're very secular with how they handle the holidays. They're very utilitarian where everyone across the board gets a little action. It, it was December for me was I go to school and everything is filled with Christmas decorations. They talk about Christmas the entire year in music class. We sing Christmas songs. Um, At one day, they throw us a pity, pity, like a little pity dreidel fuck, where we sing dreidel, dreidel, dreidel one day. Everyone stares at you. They all roll their eyes that, like, they have to sing this song and, like, sing in half steps because, God forbid, any, like, Christian music involves any, like, you know, tonally interesting musical decisions. Um, So... I have like a little bit of like a disdain for Christmas, you sure. know, the, the fire truck would come by with Santa throwing out candy, I'd want candy, I'd go out, the neighbor kids would be like, you don't get candy from Santa, Jew. Yeah, I mean, why would you? Right. And so overall, Christmas to me is a little bit of a sore subject. But like, plus you have all that so, guilt. So why, know, do you need, why do you need Christmas candy when you have two yeah, pockets exactly. full of guilt? <laughs> exactly. Um, can I offer They're just like, an go anecdote? go play with your spinny top and Jew gold. I'll, I'll offer you an anecdote instead of saying same to everything that you just said. My, my <laughs> anecdote is that um, I was the Jew uh, onto himself by himself <laughs> in my public school. And then when I switched to a private school, it was even worse. It was all millionaire wasps. Uh, and Republicans that I went to school with, which was good training for my future. Um, And I was having to constantly defend myself all the time. Now, this school that I went to, I'm going to name it up front, Germantown Academy, horrible place for anybody with a human thought or a single emotion. Um, And... um, Yeah, you know, go off, King. Let's let's call people out. (laughs) And um, uh, one of their teachers just got um, uh, thrown out for having sex with one of his students for four years. Anyway, um, um... Anyway, Wait, so starting with freshman year, that means? Yes. Um, anyway, yeah, it's very disturbing. It's a very <laughs> disturbing story. Anyway, um, uh, that's not the anecdote we're looking for. The anecdote before the hair does. That's what they always say. The anecdote that we're looking for is because my brother went to a private Hebrew school. I wanted to go as far from that as possible. I went to a school that it, in its charter says that it is, quote, non-sectarian. This means that no religious imagery, no religious celebrations of any kind. No one is allowed to express any sentimentality during the holidays other than happy holidays. That was all very upfront. 
Um, my school's reaction to that is let's have every kid design their own Christmas tree on construction paper and write their name on it. Um, I decided to give a speech in front of my entire student body about how I would not be participating in the Christmas tree celebration, um, that it goes against <laughs> the charter of my school, and that everyone, student and teacher alike, should be ashamed of themselves equally. Uh, I was deeply ostracized by that. My favorite teacher I had at the time, a history teacher, broke out into tears and told me I was a, quote, horrible person. Um, and um, <laughs> yeah, so a running theme throughout all, not all Jews, but all Jews who grew up in a non-Jewish community um, all of their lives, there will be a running theme of learning that Gentiles take Christmas exceptionally seriously. Yes. Um, for me, I was not an Orthodox Jew. I was on paper conservative, but we were midway practicing at best. Hanukkah for me was an excuse to hang out with my family and get presents for the most part, with the exception of the oldest generation. That's what it was for my family. It's just an excuse to hang out with the family and get everyone together. It is not the fucking, the, I, I don't even know what to call the way Christians treat Christmas. The the marketing extravaganza. I'm going to back into the bushes as you are <laughs> as you're giving this diatribe. I mean, um, go off, King. <laughs> I, I'm just saying it's like you know it. We've watched we're enough. Sorry, movies. Josh, we've we're wa- sorry. We've watched enough movies. No, it, we've watched enough. Mo- it's not the kids' fault. Like it is inundated from all year. Like this is what you look forward to. They have the whole mythology of Santa. It's a whole. It's a whole moral barometer where they, you know, them getting presents um, is a reinforcement of their moral achievements. Never mind how <laughs> harrowing that is for parents who are in economic downturns. <laughs> Um, that's pretty rough and traumatic, I would imagine. But like, there's there's a whole there's a whole there's a whole mythology and there's well, maybe a whole if you're poor, there's a whole thing kids. based around it. Yeah, agreed. There, <laughs> I mean, agreed. Um, there's a like, and I mean that dead seriously. Yeah, like, me too. Agreed, one hundred percent. Anyway, um, uh, this has been the Movie Blues podcast. I'm Dan Edden. <laughs> there, there's a thing where it's 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 a whole event. It's it's a it's a big deal. Yes. And that's you know I understand that. Big deals are so fun. Like, so therefore, you can have a big deal when you have that, and there's all every every television show that you watch has a Christmas episode. Sure. Every season, there's an inundation of Christmas movies. Um, that is a very internalized and near and dear to your heart thing. That then, when you become an adult, is you're very nostalgic for. You know, we all have things we're nostalgic for. I can only imagine. I have spent plenty of time trying to fathom something comparable in my life that I could feel the degree of nostalgia for that my girlfriend feels for Christmas morning. Right. And it, it, there's no, there's no, there's no comparison. Sure. So like, you know, I want to, I want, I want to provide that. I want, I'm like, sure. Like if you want a tree, whatever, like decorations, like whatever, whatever needs to happen, I'm on board with You're it. You're going to fuck this up. I just don't care. But, <laughs> okay, but, yeah. Like, <laughs> I see. I knew that was coming. <laughs> so, so like, so we were. Like, That's we were, what she wants, though, Dan. She doesn't want you to just buy the tree. She wants you to care. Right. And she, like, it's I've, not about the the fucking advent calendar. It's <laughs> right. So like, I we were at Lowe's recently, and we were passing this like wire reindeer thing, mm-hmm. and she sure. was like, "We Did should you get, get real that." Passionate about it. She's like, "We should get that. That's really nice." And I was like, "Great, let's get it." Okay. And she was like, "But you don't want it." And I'm like, I, yes, I do, because you want it. She's like, yeah, but I want you to also want it. I'm like, well, that's an impossibility because I'm Jewish and Christmas is meaningless to me. 
and that's 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 always going to be the dynamic. Like the the attachment I have to Christmas is that it makes you happy, and I like buying you gifts, and I like, but like I don't have like even if I was Christian, would you see me as a person who has holiday spirit? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Because this is what makes you kind of a pussy, uh, and, I've told, <laughs> and now I've told you this before. Okay, I don't care if it's you fasting on Yom Kippur or, or otherwise. <laughs> There's something within you. Um, that enjoys ceremony. Um, uh, you have yeah, all yeah. sorts of rituals that you care about, that you are passionate about, such as, it's my birthday week, I'm going to go hide in the mountains, shoot guns, and play video games. That's that's your passion, you know what I mean? Like, she, right. you know, she wants you to just feel that towards a, a metal reindeer um, wall hanging. And, yeah, I mean, I'm with her 100%, man. I, I, I would be all into that. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Just I don't care either. Um, no, the thing I, I, I try to convey is that what it triggers within me is just resentment right. of being a child, of not getting to participate in these things. The <sighs> best I could hope for is, like, the Rugrats, like, Passover special. I am in a slightly different camp than you. I think that maybe when I was younger, I felt a sense of resentment because as a, as a youngster, I was filled with a lot of different kinds of resentments coming from different places but my feeling about it is that I actually don't care that like and 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 thankfully I mean the, you know I'm not saying you're in some bad situation or anything but like the person that I'm with also does not care about ceremony we have no rituals other than relaxing after a hard day of work we have no allegiances to any myths or made up hoo-hahs or ding-dongs or things that you have to do that take you out of what you want to do with yourself on a daily basis we just don't believe in that i'm very thankful that we're on the same page with that because like my my life is being asked to do things for ceremony by my parents and family to right. the thousandth degree yeah. and and my care of it is just it's non-existent There's you would no... have you would have to on your personal level go yeah. in that opposite direction just to balance things out so really for me it's like anything related to religion my religion and others religion it's all literally nonsense i have no interest in celebrating perpetuating or highlighting things yeah. that do not exist <laughs> that are fully made up i have no interest in it it's it's literal hooey to me so i'm sitting here being like what do you mean i follow rituals as like three weeks ago i showed up to your house in broad daylight in a halloween costume this is what i'm saying man <laughs> This is what I'm saying, man. I mean, you like, you know what I mean. Like, if Rachel and I did that, it would be so out of character for us. Like, it's just uh, here's, here, here's a hint, Dan. It's and, out and of I'm character for it. me too. No, but I'm all with. No, but it, you know, no. You're such a liar because, like, whether it's your Chewbacca suit, whether it's your like, <laughs> uh, whether it's like, oh, I want to masturbate four times before every time I get a new record. Like, you have your rituals. I know that you do. Um, oh yeah, it, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. My my records are definitely a ritual. But because but this also is a, like that's be, it, like they get exacerbated when I can't smoke pot because that was my ritual. Don't want to talk about your fucking records. Um, <laughs> um I, what I do want to talk about is movies since this is a movie blues podcast, and I want to ask you, Dan. Do you have any rituals when it comes to holiday movies? That might be something to break the rules, because I do. Yeah, um, absolutely. Th there are some movies that I would like to watch on the holidays that Much like do put me in a nostalgic spirit, regardless of my faith. Um, but there's only like two or three of them. <laughs> I mean, much like how every Halloween, I am very unhappy if I don't watch fucking shitty horror movies all day. Um, Another ritual. I have, yeah, for sure. I've, I will, I will say that a. 
Kat's family has done a very good job at making Christmas a less resentful thing for me and actually something I look forward to. They've been very inclusive of me, um, albeit wrapping all my gifts in Israeli-themed wrapping paper all the time. Wait, can I say one thing while it's in my head about what you're saying in terms of, like, Christmas, though, and you don't care and blah, blah, blah? Like, I I don't care about any holiday whatsoever, right? But some of them I have to do, like Passover. I have to go to a Passover thing every once in a while. I... I find that if you don't really don't care about what religion it is or what you're doing, which obviously you've made clear, but in my sense, I wish that I was going to a Christmas thing because the only things that I do actually have to go to are Jewish things, which, as we all know, are terribly boring and based on yeah. horrible well, massacres. Well, they're, they're boring if you go to an Orthodox version. No, my anything. Passover, oh, my Passover it. Seder is absolutely lit. I would kill myself at that Passover Seder. I don't think any se- <laughs> any person, I don't care if it's the Biscuits Passover Seder, any person who tries to make their <laughs> Seder lit is a fucking dork. And nothing is cool. And I want to make this clear. Nothing is cool about being fucking Jewish. None of it. Not as a conservative Jew. Not as an Orthodox Jew. I've been both and reformed at one point. There's nothing cool about it. There's nothing you can make hip. I don't care if you got the Hulk on your yarmulke. It does not fucking matter. It's never gonna be cool. My like when your mom is covered in New York Mets logos. When my mom sends me like, oh, here's a video of some guys doing like a Rihanna remix about Passover. I'm like, literally all of those people can die. I don't care. It's so lame. So if my family did have a Christmas, that, that would be great because guess what? There's no bullshit in Christmas, okay? Mostly everybody well, knows. You're going to tell me Purim isn't a dope holiday? And here's what's funny, Dan. You say like, oh, yeah, like, oh, well, you know, the Christians, they're so serious about Christmas, blah, blah, blah. Look at Christmas. It's the most innocent thing in the fucking world. It's so easy to get into. It's literally just about love and gift giving. There's no, like, every Jewish holiday, that's serious. You have to stop eating for a day. Oh, you no, have to celebrate. Sure. Slavery I, I, and massacre? I was making the point about your your teacher, like <laughs> with tears down her face, saying you're a horrible person for insulting Christmas. So I was trying to illustrate how it's so internalized that like an affront to Christmas is a, an affront to like their persona. No, but at the same time, like you find it difficult to get into Christmas. Why? It's like getting getting into a brownie. Like what but, what is hard for you to be no, festive no. and and happy about Christmas for? No, I like I just said I have a good time at Christmas. What I ha- but you said they with, had to like literally cater I, it to you. They're like, oh well, no. they they toned it down. They stopped saying kike all the time and now it's just like (laughs) (laughs) no it's um it's what what i have trouble is having like an opinion about christmas trees and decorations like because like i'm just indifferent towards it i'm like i'm like Uh, uh, let's let's get whatever you want like i don't care like dan are there any christmas movies you enjoy Yes, I watch Die Hard every Christmas. Ugh, that's like the worst answer. I hate that answer. I know, but here's the thing, and this is going to be one of the... Is that I've been doing that since I was like eight. All right. I thought like, you were going to go one step further, but... No, it's like it was always on, on TNT. I always watched it. Like, it, it like... Last year was the first year I didn't watch it because I subjected Kat to an, and her mom to Die Hard for like two consecutive Christmases. Um, I when I was a kid, I really I liked watching so that festive. that fucking Tim Allen uh, Christmas movie. Oh, that was a great one, the Santa Claus or whatever. Like, yeah, like he I, just like gets fat and all that. That was yeah, great. I, I liked that one quite a bit. Um, that was good. And <laughs> you know, sometimes you gotta watch uh, what, what is what is Love Actually. 
No, I don't mm. sometimes have to watch Love Actually, Dan. <laughs> you love romantic comedies, once again, and I'm not into it. Like, um, so someone in the rental zone posted, like, oh, like, watch this romantic comedy. It's starring, like, the girl from Pen 1-5, which is a, sh- a show I'm obsessed with, and Dennis Quaid Jr. It's Pen 15, dog. Um, and, dude, it was, oh my god. Oh my god, I hate romantic comedies so much. It was a movie in which, like, the central conceit of it, other than being the same pattern of every single romantic comedy where, like, meet cute, break up at the two-thirds point, get back together at the end, um, it was that. But in the frame of two people that went to, like, 16 weddings together, so... It was a movie in which you had to sit through 16 different weddings with two <laughs> insufferable characters. It was literally like being in a washing machine. I, I like could not wait for it to be over. I, uh, I've got no feeling in my body when it comes to romantic comedies. They're terrible. Um, unless they're like, you know, just good movies that show romance. That happens every once in a while. But um, Yeah, like Disclosure. Like Disclosure. Please go out to your local blockbuster and rent immediately. Um, uh, for me, uh, I, the only movie that really puts me in a true holiday zone is still Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, it's the only one, and it's not because it's like the dark goth choice, sort of like you said. I I had it on cassette tape when I was like literally eight years old, and probably listened to it five thousand times. I think it's like Danny Elfman's truest masterpiece. Um, it was not oh my God. directed by Tim Burton, so I don't really want to give all the credit for him for like doodling in his notebook on an airplane and then giving it to Danny Elfman to make a movie out of. Um, and uh, I, I just think it's just such a wonderful movie, and it's maybe one of the only musicals I can stand in, in history. So yeah. there's got to be something said for that. And I do really enjoy A Christmas Story. Um, a oh, Christ- yeah. A Christmas That's Story is just it. a good movie. Um, I don't think I've ever gone through a year without watching A Christmas Story. Um, I, Nightmare Before Christmas, um, Mondo just came out with this very elaborate Nightmare Before Christmas vinyl set, um, that I got for Kat, and the cover has, like, Tim Burton's hand doodles. (laughs) Nice. Nice. (laughs) So, so it's just a Wendy's napkin, essentially? (laughs) Yeah, she, uh, she loves Tim Burton, but, um... That's great, me too. So, that, that... I was pretty excited to get that, but have you ever heard the, um, <laughs> this is way more in the, uh, the Dan End verse, but there's, like, a, a 90s tribute album to the Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack? Yes, where, where, I heard it like, at the time. Fiona Apple does Sally's song. And that is the highlight, by far. Yeah, and there's, like, a Marilyn Manson cover of something. <laughs> so go out and go out to uh, Tower Records and pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, go pick that up at your local Coconuts. Why you drinking Fireball, Dan? Because it's the holidays. Yeah, dog. You fucking ritualistic, God-fearing simp for Jesus is what you are. Simp for conservative Judaism. I can only assume based on what you just said <laughs> that you're recording now. And not only that, but like when we do the Freaky Friday episode, I'm going to load it with rituals. I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna You're be, gonna like, be like lighting a menorah. Be like, uh, hold on, I'm at the 22 minute point. Usually, I uncross my legs and get a beer. <laughs> um, uh, so Dan, um, now that we've discussed many things, <laughs> maybe I'm on the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> all of which are, <laughs> all of which are super pertinent. Um, 
<clears throat> I would like to discuss the film for the day, and that is the 2020 film Fat Man, uh, starring <laughs> Mel Gibson in the 45th movie in a row that he has declared is his comeback. Um, <laughs> after disparaging Jews, losing his mind, building a church on his property with his bare hands, and uh, generally becoming the lunatic that we all hide from at family gatherings. Um, yeah. There's a there's a very there's a very important line to draw between the director of the Passion of the Christ playing Santa in a movie like this. That that did not once cross my mind. I just kept thinking, what does this have to do with Apocalypto? <laughs> um, so first, I'm going to give people the trailer because I do have a lot to say about the trailer uh, versus the movie that I actually watched on my TV. Yeah, because I'll, spoiler alert: only one of those two things is good. Um, so here you go. Um, here's the audio for the trailer for Fat Man, uh, starring Jesus, starring Jim Caviezel. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, uh, that was the actually the trailer for The Passion. Hold on, let me just let me just adjust here. my influence. Maybe it's time I retired the coat. You still have it. Some kids with a deer rifle put two holes in the sleigh, one in me. All I have is a loathing for a world that's forgotten. The United States military would like to procure your services. This is a one-time deal, gentlemen. How are you, Mike? Nicole and the kids are well, I hope. Where are you? people actually think of me. Christmas is a farce. I am a joke. What's the purpose of your visit? Hunting. I'm gonna kill some things. There is a rising number of our youth making poor decisions. What the big man's head? Severed heads rot, they mold. They don't want his beard. I'm not shaving off a dead man's beard. Your workers sure have healthy appetites. That's why elves live much longer than humans. And Chris, he does the same. <laughs> It's a giving that keeps him young. I've come for your head, fat man! Dashing through the snow No one horse opens her You think you're the first? Think I got this job because I'm fat and jolly? Okay, what a trailer. Wow. What a concept. The concept is kind of like 
Uh, kind of like Rambo slash Die Hard slash like one guy out in the wilderness versus like the life that he left behind type situation, but under the frame of Mel Gibson being Santa Claus um, and the people trying to kill him being sent by um, a Ben Shapiro clone who uh, <laughs> paid to have an assassin kill Santa for giving him a lump of coal. Um, yeah. Now, on its face, it's the kind of thing you'd see, like, in, in like, Grindhouse when they had, like, fake trailers. It, it kind of had yeah, that vibe. You would expect this to be made by, like, <laughs> Elijah Wood this year. Um, you'd expect exploitation. You'd expect a lot of laughs, a lot of really funny gags with all sorts of sorts of Santa iconography. Um, tips of the hat to, like, John Wick and, like, movies where it's, like, one man versus an army. Um I can't say that that's exactly the movie yeah. I watched, though. <laughs> Instead, what we got was a movie that was so enamored with its own brilliant concept that it forgot to actually make the rest of the movie. Um, man, there's a bunch of problems that I have with this movie. Um, and yeah, number one being that it's boring as shit. Yeah. It's a movie, a movie <laughs> yes. where, in which the trailer presented Santa in, like, like siege warfare against fucking <laughs> <laughs> hilarious a hilarious cast is truly glacier of glacier paced boring <laughs> so the movie um when i turned it on i saw it was an hour and a half i thought this is very blessed right off the bat i love this movie yeah. and then at the hour point of this movie i i was like i can't take this anymore yeah at the hour point when we're still watching goggins run <laughs> shooting drills in his little fucking <laughs> fake laser tag arena <laughs> okay so this is a kind of like disclosure in that there are like literally two different movies in this movie that exist um one of them uh, is the title of the movie The Fat Man. It's it's um, Mel Gibson as an aged Santa, like, owning, like, a, a sweatshop where he's still creating toys and doing deals with the U.S. government and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that, he's struggling that, financially. That is, unfortunately, the B-plot of this movie, which is, that's <laughs> yeah. the biggest bait-and-switch yeah. of all. Um, it's also important to notice that, to note that, like, he's down on his luck because our moral fabric of society has degraded such yeah. that so many kids get coal instead of gifts <laughs> yes. that his production it's is so low that the government is subs <laughs> isn't subsidizing him as much as they previously were. And I kind of love that and I kind of love yes. just the idea of Santa becoming look look like they do this with characters all the time where they take an icon and they result them uh, down to being a hermit like if you know the last Jedi was so terrible because I knew, I knew that's what you were about to because say. people couldn't understand why Luke became the way that he was in that movie in this movie they had a great premise for like why Santa would be kind of a dick in his older years because like kids are getting worse and worse like that's a fun yeah. series of ideas and he's but a well developed character it's unfortunately the B plot of this film um the yeah. a plot is a fucking bizarre relationship between a completely psychotic ben shapiro-esque spoiled wasp yeah it's the shitty kid from good boys um and i hate i hate this kid now i wish i could say that the b plot of this film was that this kid hires um walter goggins who's one of the finest actors on the planet right now from vice principals and um uh, hateful Righteous eight gemstones. and righteous gemstones and so many other things and um, and, and uh, the unicorn. I wish I could say that the the beep that the a plot of this film um, 
was Santa. I wish I could say that the B plot of this film was Goggins being hired to kill Santa, but that is not it either. <laughs> That's the C plot. The B plot of the film, and this is like just the just the worst writing imaginable, is this Ben Shapiro kid exacting revenge on a schoolmate who won the science fair over him <laughs> by torturing her with electrical cables, ruining her life, and kidnapping her. <laughs> Yeah. Um, now, what should have been, from a screenwriting perspective, an example of this kid's brutality that's executed in the first five minutes of the movie is instead, like, the entire middle of the movie is just some kid <laughs> trying to kill a 12-year-old girl <laughs> with an yeah. assassin. With just shoehorned in attempts <coughs> to make you feel for that character by, like, showing that he has an absentee father who, like, doesn't show up to his science fair, doesn't show up to Christmas, but, like, all the rest of the time he's shown as, like, a total sociopath who who has a hitman on speed dial. Um, he kidnaps a girl, he's trying to poison his grandmother. Like, yeah, oh my god, that's, like, the D.O.R.E. plot, but yeah, him trying to poison his grandma, like... Dude, it's just, it was a lot, um, and not in the right direction. And I would say, like, screen time for Mel Gibson as Santa was maybe 30 minutes yeah, yeah. out of it an hour and a half. The, the, this movie was totally all over the place. Yeah. Um, like, it was never funny. The, was I it, never once laughed. No, not once. Not I didn't one even give it a chuckle. No. Like, Santa switches between, like, we're supposed to be... I, I don't know if we're supposed to see like pathos or anger or resentment like it's, it's Santa Santa's wife is black that's a thing um, <laughs> which like, made me think like I'm fine with that you know you do you but like also like when he married her a thousand plus years ago like was that all right back then I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> my, my, my favorite part of Santa's character development is that he regularly goes to a bar and orders a shot with a tab of Alka-Seltzer to put into the shot. Yeah, what, dude. <laughs> it's like this movie wanted to be so clever and just got lost in the sauce, yeah. man. Yeah, it just got lost up its own ass. They came up with the premise and they were like, yeah, we're good. Like, if we get Walter Goggins and Mel Gibson, this will work itself out. And, like, Walter Goggins, like, had to do what I assume was a very significant amount of, of training and, yeah. and yeah. gunplay. And they have Walter Goggins in this movie, like, literally doing full-on stunts that they're not cutting away from. It's it's him. And he's, like, shooting, like, an assault rifle and, like, doing barrel rolls. It's, it's really wild. And, like, the amount of prep that went into that, it just made me think, like, what did Mel Gibson have to do for this movie? He literally is already fat and already he's looks already like shot. drunk, shitty self. It, it looked like he had absolutely no makeup on. He, his face looked like a roadmap of abuse. Um, the most work he had to do was, like, prepare to pretend to care about people. Well, and put his dentures in in the morning before he came to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he was god-awful in this movie. Um, he made me feel absolutely nothing. And I, I do... There are some Mel Gibson performances I like. I'm not factoring in at all the fact that he would probably like to see me thrown on a fire. Um, but I did like The Patriot when I was a kid. Um, I did like certain... What movies, Women Want is a classic. I'm not a fan of most of his work. I'm not a fan of the Lethal Weapon series. Um, is that problematic? Lethal I, I mean, it's about police, so I don't care. Okay, but, cool. All right. Um, well, I think Lethal Weapon 4 is hilarious. Chris Rock is in it. I did like as, Lethal Weapon 4. I saw um, it in theaters in the 90s. That was a good time. Fucking, um, I think Ransom is pretty good. 
Ransom is fine. I think uh, What Women Want is delightful. It's fine. I think Mad Max is fantastic. Okay, but like that's not really up to him. That's more. <laughs> I, I'd more congratulate George Miller than I do Mel Gibson for those movies. Yeah. Not, it's not like Mel, like Mel Gibson turned in like an amazing performance in Mad Max. It's just he just wore a leather coat and that was that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What else did Mel Gibson do? Like Braveheart, I mean, yeah. people hold that movie in, a, in I think a little I've too high of rag- Yeah, I mean, I already got ragged on on this podcast early on for saying I don't care for Braveheart that much. I'm gonna posit something that is uncomfortable for me, but I would say that Mel Gibson is a fine director. Yeah, um, for sure. he's a very fine director. Like Apocalypto that, is a that doesn't seem really, like controversial. Like no really one can argue cool that Apocalypto is bad. <laughs> I think Apocalypto is a radical movie. I think that The Passion is also, like, in its own way, a radical movie and is made well. Um, I just think it's very wrong-headed and way too graphic. And I think that most of his work is too graphic. For what reason, I'm not really sure. But, like, he just loves there to be buckets of fucking blood in the movies that he makes. And I don't know why. I mean, even, like, The Patriot is a very violent movie. I mean, most of his work just, like, gets very extreme at times. And I'm not sure, like that's something he seeks out on his own but he obviously has his demons he obviously looks like his face was run through a fucking car wash and then battered with like a thousand bags of soap um and uh you know uh, the the problem with his character more than just his performance being kind of exhausted and painful to watch is that they didn't give him any cool powers or mythology or anything that would make <laughs> besides, it... Besides being used to getting shot all the time. <laughs> yeah, like, he can take a beating, like... And this movie was really vague about its mythology and mystical elements, like, so as strange. vague as you possibly could be, to the point where it was, like, it made it, made it seem like the filmmakers were uncomfortable, even, doing anything that was, like, outwardly really fantastical, I mean, we are watching Santa and his elves, but, yeah, like, there's they no... They were trying to keep it as grounded as humanly possible. Like, there's the elves no don't look sleigh. like elves. They look like sweatshop workers. There's no... Sl- I mean, they do have, like, We don't see a sleigh, eaters. but he references that... The bullet in the sleigh. That, but yeah. in the trailer, there's a sleigh. They cut it out. So, um... There was a sleigh with, like, bullet holes in it. Um... But, like, yeah, there's no reindeer, and and within the context and time frame of the movie, it is Christmas, and he does deliver presents, but you see none of it, and there's no... Yeah. You don't even see him leave. I would have been fine watching him just fucking fly off into the sky, and that's that, but... And and they're trying to keep it quote unquote grounded and real, but in doing so, lost the humor entirely. And and by not going extreme with the violence or action either, then they lost the severity. So yeah, totally. They, they handicap themselves at every turn, and it just this is not the kind of movie I enjoy. I saw one review <laughs> that I I thought pretty nailed it that they the directors they were saying that like the directors spent so much time figuring out the logistics to make a real world Santa seem feasible based on like his location and his general like lifestyle. None of that tracked. Um, but <laughs> like, but like it, it all just, um, actually I have it up it, for all the work that the, they put into figuring out the logistics of a real world Santa. It's more than a bit disappointing that it's all in service of something fundamentally routine in terms of the film. And like that just sums it yeah. up. Like yep. you, like I see a trailer you took the for this. Fun out of it. I see the trailer for this, and I'm like, I'm expecting like some fucking wacky shit. 
Like, yeah. And, and it just wasn't. No. It was just fucking boring. It's just mannered and boring. And it could have been a, a really boring movie about a, a, a factory owner um, and his wife just like running behind and getting in with some gangsters and it would have been the same movie. I mean, right. it doesn't, it, does, it doesn't need to be Santa. Like they're, <sighs> they they like, really fuck this one up for me. Th- this kid. And this it got, it got sucks. not bad reviews. I mean, it has a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's more than I think it deserves. Um, <laughs> I mean, it just was boring, man. Yeah, How do you make a movie about killing Santa with an assassin with Walter Goggins as an assassin? And it is boring. It did not get interesting until the last 10 minutes. The only interesting move that I thought happened in the entire movie was, um, spoilers, at the end, Santa goes to visit the Ben Shapiro lookalike mini-me um, to be like, I know you sent a, I know you sent a killer to, a hitman to kill me. Um, so... He's like, he's like, you know, this is partly my fault. I haven't been myself. I haven't been giving kids the attention they deserve. So there's this moment where you think he's, oh, he's like, he's like, I'm going to make an example out of you. And there's a moment where you're like, I was like, eye roll. Like, this is about to be like some positive message where he's going to be like, I care about you. Like, I'm, I forgive you. There is good in children, inherent good in the nature of children, uh-huh. and like I thought it was going to be like a commentary on like the corrupting influence of the consumerist nature of Christmas, where Which it in- was kind in- of a time. instead what Mel Gibson does is look the kid, this child in the eyes, and be like, "If you're mean to anyone again, I'm gonna fucking kill you and your fucking family." <laughs> I thought that was fucking hilarious. So you see your grandma in the other room. I'm gonna yeah. strangle her. Yeah, he's like, "I'm gonna beat the shit out of you." <laughs> and I was um, like, "All right, that's pretty funny." <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, maybe that, that is funny as, like, a concept, but, yeah, I mean, there wasn't, they, they didn't, and when I say that it wasn't a funny movie, there was no attempts at levity, like, it was on purpose, um, and, okay, all right, you want to make a movie about a grounded Santa Claus getting in an urban warfare with an assassin, then go in and have Santa, like, throwing fucking shurikens at people and like 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 go all the way in king you know what i mean like they they, they spent so much money and, and expended so much effort and just didn't do anything with it it just was you know it was fun to watch because a walter goggins and all of his various training montages were excellent he yes. was um just such a brutal effective uh role for him and it just was really cool to watch him be like this mega assassin however the whole movie is building up to him storming santa's fucking palace and fighting the army and and there being this huge action scene and the scene instead to me kind of played like a school shooting um like like it's it's pretty obvious that walter goggins's character is some sort of incel that's like a guarantee they go over that multiple times that he's basically an incel um and when he goes and storms this base he kills probably 20 to 30 dudes on his way up a hill and it's filmed and presented not as an action movie but as like a horror moment where he's literally like mowing guys down with a fully silenced automatic weapon it just had a very like Gus Van Zant elephant vibe yeah. that I did not yeah. appreciate. Yeah, totally. Um, it was not the kind of action scene I wanted. After it kind of, it kind of felt like the scene, the school shooting scene <coughs> in uh, the UK Utopia. Sure, <clears throat> and it just it wasn't the catharsis. Shout out Andrew Fisher. Fuck boy. Um, the the it wasn't the catharsis that I was seeking. Um, 
and that's just a, a disappointment. Um, uh, I just did not like this one very much. Yeah. It's a very forgettable movie. Um, and it's got nothing to do with my like or dislike of Mel Gibson. I think that anybody could have been in this role. You could have thrown Liam, Liam Neeson up in this bitch, and it would have been the same movie. Yeah. Um, it just was this aged actor. I know we haven't seen it, and I don't know if I ever will, but it kind of looks like the last Rambo movie, where it's like aged guy out on a farm by himself. Uh-oh, got drawn back into some shit. Yeah, it's just except, like the grand except with Rambo, we have 11 movies to indicate why <laughs> Rambo would be able to hold his own in that situation. In yeah. this this one, Rambo, uh, Rambo, Santa Rambo is presented with Walter Goggins. Sambo. And, yeah, and it's like, and Goggins is like, I'm a trained hitman, I'm about to fuck you up. And Santa goes, he has this one line, like throwaway line where he's like, he's like, you think I got this job because I'm fat and jolly? Like, the implication being like, no, he got this job because he can fucking take on assassins and kick right. the shit out of them. And it's like, we had nothing in the previous two hours to indicate that that's the case. Yeah, I mean, the whole movie, he's basically like drinking at a bar and <laughs> wallowing around his house. Yeah. It's just such a weird vibe, man. There's, it just um, didn't, didn't work. There's one review from the Chicago Daily Herald that was the shortest review ever that I thought summed it up perfectly. It just says the entire review is uh, heavy on the realism light on the magical virtually non-existent on the fun <laughs> that i mean that fucking nails it yeah. um, uh i took three notes during this movie and that's not a good sign that's not a sign of me like enjoying it it's either if there's three notes it's either i'm fully <laughs> fully vested and it's an actually good movie or it's just like i'm very sad and there's nothing yeah. to be said i just saw a positive review that just said these jingle bells rock <laughs> <laughs> that guy sucks. That guy for sure sucks. That's from like the the Christian Saint Michael Times movie review. <laughs> so I want what I want to know is: Do you think this movie has further endeared or further ostracized Mel Gibson from the Christian community? Well, that brings us to a really interesting final discussion that we need to have about this movie. Which is, what? what is the message that's being sent multiple times in this movie? So I picked up on some of the messaging um, that bothered me the most. And I felt like at points Mel was trying to ship that no one takes Christmas seriously anymore. And this is like the, the ultimate movie for Christians that are like, no one respects Christmas anymore. Yeah, the war on Christmas. This is literally a war on Christmas. This is literally a war on Christmas um, yeah. by an incel. Um <laughs> questionable political ties. It's probably a Democrat. <laughs> um, and yeah, that that they kept drilling home is that no one takes Christmas seriously anymore, which I don't know how this movie is going to fare for that uh, cause. And also felt like they were trying to ship throughout the entire movie just like messages about Christmas that just weren't landing and I just didn't have any respect for um, and just upset me. It felt like uh, I didn't need a movie in which we see a broken Santa because of the behavior of children. Yeah. <laughs> just right. It's such a sad concept. And, and, and if we it's like did, the Indian no, crying it, on the hill. It's just it like too to sad. Be, it needs to be like Nicolas Cage and yeah, yeah. Do, doing like what Nick Cage does and like whiling the fuck out. 100%. It doesn't need to be him like drunk in a bar, like leaning over and being like semi-moral by like... <sighs> Insisting that a man not flirt with a bartender while he's married to show that he still has some sort of like moral footing, but then going home and being like one Jack and Coke away from beating the shit out of Mrs. Claus. 
And up. then, like, ultimately being in a situation where his entire production converts into developing weaponry for the U.S. military. <laughs> <laughs> this movie felt like um, it was written by Clint Eastwood during, like, a hospital stint. <laughs> <laughs> That was the vibe that it gave off. It was, like, very boomery. This, and yeah, this is, like, the most, like, neoconservative fucking wet dream of a movie ever. Like, it's it's got everything. It's got um, reducing government subsidies for underperforming yeah, ventures. there was so much it's about got, that. It's got converting underperforming ventures into support for the military-industrial complex. There was a lot of, of, and that's some of the messaging I was referring to, was the messaging about the military-industrial complex throughout the movie that was just weird, made me feel <laughs> real weird, and was just like, who are we rooting for? Like, I wouldn't have been surprised at all to see, like, A, written by Clint Eastwood, and then, like, at the end of the credits, there's, like, a huge Army-Navy, like, like yeah. logo, like, join up, like, just do it, or whatever the thing is. Yeah, Godsmack starts flying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're survivor! Um, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, fuck this movie. Um, yeah, Harrowing. Hated it. Um, hated it. What, what would you give in terms of a score to this one? I give it, like, a two. <laughs> like, I really... I'm gonna, I could, uh, like, I thought this was gonna... I was gonna go into this being, like, this is... Like, I hate Mel Gibson... This is gonna be stupid, but the premise is so bonkers. Surely this is gonna be off the wall violence, and it just wasn't. It's like, and we didn't even mention this was made by Saban Films, who like they are like not capable of making a good movie. <laughs> like, like I don't know what that dude's deal is, but like he refuses to make a good movie. And like even with a cast of this nature, like it's like they don't have script supervisors or something. Like, but. It just, it looks like shit that it's so digital looking despite being so grounded in realism. Like the way the camera moves is so like soap opera-y and like qu quick at times. Like it just, it looks like shit. The, mm -hmm. the violence is shitty. There, it's few and far between the, the like underlining lying messages about like this rich kid who like, is literally kidnapping and torturing his classmate because she beat him at a science project. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't, it just like, it, it doesn't matter at all. Like, yeah, none of that needed to be in the movie like, at all. I, I think the real I message think, is that, You could have achieved like, that entire message by just watching him, like, torture his pet rat for one second. You know yeah, what I mean? He didn't yeah. need to... That was 25 minutes, 30 minutes worth of the movie. So, so I guess there was, like, messaging about, like, the negative results of, like, having, like, the breakup of the nuclear family and that, like, if your dad is away, like, a yeah, father yeah. household dude, leads that to, like... Dude, that too! Dude, <laughs> the screenwriter of this sociopaths. movie... The screenwriter of this movie deeply needs to go to therapy. <laughs> yeah. Like, what he was trying to instill in something that could have been a really fun ride is just, like, harrowing. It feels uncomfortable, <laughs> dude. Like, because I'm seeing right through it, and I'm just like, like, what is, what am I, who is telling me what here? And then, and then on top of that, you have Mel Gibson. You don't know what he pushed and what his interests were um, in the project, and if he had any molding over the messaging in it. It just felt just awful. And it's just like, <laughs> it, within the first act, Mel, Mel Gibson goes out, he comes back home, he got shot in the side. He doesn't even require medical attention. He just goes to bed and he's fine. At the end, he gets stabbed. By Walter Goggins, like, knife through his back, it was like coming out of his chest. It was basically the size of a sword. <laughs> after being shot in, like, the fucking eyeball. Yeah. And then, like, inexplicably, he's alive later. 
Yeah, because there's no delineation or explanation towards the rules of his abilities yeah. or any care We're led given. to believe there's no magic. Yeah, I mean, we're led to believe there's no magic, but also he's, like, offhand saying that he's been alive for, like, a thousand years, and, like, he can take, like, multiple gunshot wounds, and, like, it just, they they just couldn't decide, like, whether they wanted to make a movie about Santa or just about an old fat dude. It just, yeah, right. and, and that boils down to the title, I think, is stupid. I think, like, the whole, they're trying to ship that anybody would, multiple characters who don't have any communication with each other are all gonna call him the fat yeah, man. they say fat man about a thousand fucking times and they're in this movie. Trying it's to make like it the happen. basic thing in Yoga Hosers. And, and I don't want to, like, I know the preternatural move is to make the title of this episode Fat Dan, but I, I'm gonna motion against that because it's just like, I don't even want to do a pun on this title. It's so fucking stupid. Um, yeah. I'm into more, like, passion of the fat man or something territory. Because, like, they're, like, they're treating it, like, they all treat him as if he's, like, this this mob boss that everyone hates. Yeah, but, like, but his character shows none man. of that. And like Walter Goggins, after he kidnaps the one girl, he's like, he's like, what's your dog's name? All right, well I'm gonna kill him too. But just remember, this is all fine because three days from now on Christmas, Santa's gonna give you presents. So like, Walter Goggins' underlying motivation for becoming a hitman, it turns out, is because like thirty years earlier, forty years earlier on Christmas, all he got was like a toy car for Christmas. It wasn't even he got nothing. He got like a little toy car, like. Yeah, it was it's fine. fucking bonkers. So, like, is the messaging there that, like, you need to get your kids better presents? Like, yeah, dude, I guess it's better that we don't even look in <laughs> to it. They, they, but that's what I'm saying. This movie didn't develop any messaging. They came up with the premise. They're like super realistic, drunk Santa. Right. Throw comedic actors at it, it'll work itself out. But then they, they did try to ship about 20 different messages and none of them landed. Yeah, and I, all of them are uncomfortable. I hated it. How many golden <laughs> guns do you give it? Um, you gave it a two. I think that's a little too harsh. Two is down, in, uh, for for me at least, into movies that fundamentally, even to look at them, doesn't work. Um, like like when you see that the process of filmmaking has not correctly taken place, that's like two in one for me. Um, like coronavirus I mean, process, is a zero. Um, part of the process of filmmaking is having a coherent plot. Well, that's to be argued. I mean, there are plenty of abstract films that don't have any plot that say enough that they need to say with theme. And, I, I mean, a coherent like like part of filmmaking a, a narrative. Look, like I'm giving this is it a narrative a three. picture. Okay. Because a Walter Goggins was fucking awesome in it. I will die on that hill. He turned in an amazing performance in this I, movie. I thought he was fine. His physicality in this movie was a lot of fun to watch. He was like very <laughs> unpredictable and just extremely absurd and this movie needed a hundred more of those kinds of performances and a hundred less of everything else. Um, yeah, it's so just it incredibly forgettable. I yeah. saw one review that was like, Walter Gog, the only redeeming factor of this movie is Walter Goggins, like steadily, steady escalation throughout the entire film, <laughs> except everything else around him stays exactly the same or gets more boring. Yeah, I mean, it, it just, uh, it's a movie that shot itself in the foot over and over again, and for that, it is unforgivable. We do not recommend a rental. Yeah, cabbage. Uh, I think that's about uh, it for this watch, one. Uh, watch Christmas Story instead. Yeah, that's an equal substitute, or just like John Wick too. 
which I've not seen, but I speak for very highly. (laughs) Dan, anything else today? Nah. Cool, dude. Uh, I don't even want to give this one a baby. I'm not even, I wasn't even planning on asking you, honestly. So (laughs) (laughs) that would be more than this deserves. So uh, anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. And And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. (laughs) And we'll see you as we continue our third season uh, in the new year. Hopefully with Jupiter ascending 3D. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Because we need to watch a good one after these past couple. You know, I just do want to say, though, like, um, on paper, if I told you you're going to have to watch a two-hour and ten-minute Michael Douglas movie about sexual harassment in VR versus a movie about (laughs) Santa Claus needing to go to siege warfare, (laughs) which one would you expect would be boring? (laughs) Right, dude. I thought I thought that I was about to watch something like Mandy esque. Yeah, and it was not. This is more like Drive Angry 3D. Dude, huge wreck. This was was like it was like the dad from Squid and the Whale as Santa. (laughs) All right, everybody. We'll see you next time.